Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of The Grace and Peace of God, Love Wins. I'm happy that you found me, but more importantly, I am thrilled that you have found Jesus. Friends, there is power in the name of Jesus. As we journey together, we'll be unleashing discoveries of how to turn hearts of stone into ones of moldable clay for the potter, Jesus, to transform. So hopefully you'll join me and others each week and power up your days as we adventure and explore all things Jesus together. And periodically, friends, we'll be delving into my mailbag, answering questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, friends, as we prepare to enter into God's presence today, allow me to speak a blessing over your life. It comes to us in the form of a benediction, which is traditionally given at the end of a worship service. However, with that said, I want to give us this blessing right up front. It comes from Moses' brother, Priest Aaron. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. And friends, that is taken directly out of the book of Numbers chapter 6 verses 24 through 26. Well, welcome back. If you're new to this show, I welcome you. And if you're a returning listener, then absolutely welcome back. It's lovely to have you here. Last time, we looked at Jesus's miracle feeding of approximately 20,000 men, women, and children. And today, we're learning about how and why Jesus sent demons into a herd of pigs. So if you would like to join me, this gospel account is found in three of the four gospels. We're going to read specifically out of the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, verses 1 through 20 now. And this is entitled, Jesus Sends Demons into a Herd of Pigs. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the land of the Gerasenes. Just as Jesus was climbing from the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit ran out from a cemetery to meet him. This man lived among the tombs and could not be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to control him. All day long and throughout the night, he would wander among the tombs and in the hills, screaming and hitting himself with stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him. He ran to meet Jesus and fell down before him. He gave a terrible scream, shrieking, Why are you bothering me, Jesus, the Son of the Most High God? For God's sake, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. 
Then Jesus asked, What is your name? And the spirit replied, Legion, because there are many of us here inside this man. Then the spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the evil spirits begged. Jesus gave them permission. So the evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. And the entire herd of 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake where they drowned. The herdsmen fled to the nearby city and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. Everyone rushed out to see for themselves. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, but they were frightened when they saw the man who had who had seen what happened to the man and to the pigs and told everyone about it. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. When Jesus got back into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go too. But Jesus said, no, go home to your friends and tell them what wonderful things the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the 10 towns of that region and began to tell everyone about the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Now, we're going to learn in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 10 through 12, where Moses teaches us or the Israelites this. He had said, never sacrifice your son or your daughter as a burnt offering. That's what many of the pagan religions did back in the day. So it was very normal that he would be saying this. And he went on to say, and do not let your people practice fortune telling or sorcery or allow them to interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or cast spells or function as mediums or psychics or call forth the spirits of the dead. Anyone who does these things is an object of horror and disgust to the Lord. It's because the other nations have done these things that you that the Lord your God will drive them out ahead of you. So that is very, very telling for what was going on in the day. You see, demon-possessed people were under the control of one or more demons. And demons, as we know, are fallen angels who joined Satan in his rebellion against God and are now evil spirits under Satan's control. They help Satan tempt people to sin, and they have great destructive powers. But whenever they're controlled or confronted by Jesus, they lose their power. These demons recognized Jesus as God's son, but they didn't think they had to obey him. You see, just believing is not enough. Faith is more than belief. By faith, it's when we accept what Jesus has done for us. We receive him as the only one who can save us from our sin, and then we live out our faith by obeying his commandments. 
And you see, according to Jewish ceremonial laws, the men Jesus encountered were unclean in three ways. First, they were Gentiles, which means they were non-Jews. They were demon-possessed. And then finally, they lived in a cemetery. So Jesus helped them anyway, just as we should not turn our backs on people who are quote-unquote unclean or repulsive to us possibly because they violate our moral standards or our religious beliefs. Instead, we must realize that every human individual is a unique creation of God, needing to be touched by His love. You know, we're supposed to be seeing the hand or the face of Jesus in every person that we encounter. That is what Jesus looks like. It's not that traditional photo that you think this is what Jesus looks like. No, Jesus is in every single believer. That is what Jesus looks like. And so, The Bible tells us that at the end of the world, the devil and his angels will be thrown into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. So when the demons asked if Jesus had come to torment them before God's appointed time, they showed that they already knew what their ultimate fate looked like. And you know, the evil spirit said its name was Legion. Now, a legion was the largest unit of the Roman army, consisting of anywhere from three to 6,000 soldiers. Obviously, this man was possessed by many demons. And you know, we just read in the book of Mark how he highlighted the supernatural struggle between Jesus and Satan. The demon's goal was to control the humans they inhabited. Jesus's goal was to give people freedom from sin and freedom from Satan's control. The demons knew they had no power over Jesus. So when they saw Jesus, they begged not to be sent to some distant place. You know, it's talked about the bottom, bottomless pit in the book of Luke. And then it's also talked about that in Revelation. So Jesus granted their request to enter into the herd of pigs, but ended their destructive work in people by doing so. And perhaps Jesus let the demons destroy the pigs to demonstrate his own superiority over a very powerful yet destructive force. I mean, he could have sent them to hell, but he didn't because the time for judgment had not yet come. So in the end, the devil and all his angels will be sent into the eternal fire. And we know that from the book of Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. But according to Old Testament law, pigs were unclean animals. This meant they could not be eaten or even touched by a Jew. This incident took place southeast of the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Gerasenes, which was a Gentile region, which explains just how a herd of pigs could have been involved and could have been standing by ready for Jesus to use. 
And after such wonderful miracle of saving a man's life, why would the people want Jesus to leave? Well, they were undoubtedly afraid of his supernatural power, and they may have also feared that Jesus would continue destroying their pigs. They would rather give up Jesus than lose their source of income and security. See, the demons destroyed the pigs, which hurt the finances of those tending the pigs. But can pigs and money compare with a human life? Absolutely not. A man had been freed from the devil's power, but the people thought only about their livestock. You see, people have always tended to value financial gain above that of needy people. Throughout history, most wars have been fought to protect economic interest. Much injustice and oppression, both at home and abroad, is the direct result of greed. Some individual or some company's urge to get rich. And people are continually being sacrificed to the God of money. So don't think more highly of pigs than of people. We must think carefully about our decisions and how they affect other human beings around us. And we must be willing to choose a simpler lifestyle if it will keep other people from being harmed. And Jesus told this man to tell his friends about the miraculous healing. Most of the time, Jesus urged those he healed to keep quiet. So then why the difference? Why this time was he urging the man not to keep quiet? Well, possibly it was because the demon-possessed man had been alone and unable to speak, so telling others what Jesus did for him would prove that he was healed. Or maybe it was mainly because it was a Gentile in a pagan area, so Jesus was not expecting great crowds to follow him or religious leaders to hinder him. Or, possibly, by sending the man away with this good news, Jesus was expanding his ministry to people who were not Jews. We really don't know. Or maybe it was a combination of all of those reasons. What we do know is this man had been demon-possessed, but he became a living example of Jesus's power. He wanted to go with Jesus, but Jesus told him to go home and share his story with his friends. I mean, isn't that what we would want to do too if we had just experienced Jesus's power in our lives? Like this man, we should be enthusiastically sharing the good news with everyone around us, just as we would tell others about a doctor who cured a physical ailment that we had. We should also tell others all about Christ who cures our sin. And now these 10 towns that are mentioned were located southeast of the Sea of Galilee. 10 cities each with its own independent government formed an alliance for protection and for increased trade opportunities. These cities had been settled several centuries earlier by Greek traders and immigrants. And although Jews also lived in the area, they were not in the majority. Many people from the 10 towns followed Jesus. So now, friends, if you have not been spiritually reborn, Jesus 
excuse me, God made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven, a person must confess belief in his son, Jesus. Listen to what the apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. You see, when we place our trust in Jesus, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God. Our sin was placed on to Jesus at his crucifixion, and his righteousness is given to us at our conversion. While we can never repay this extraordinary or extravagant gift of kindness back to Jesus, what we can do is we can show him gratitude by growing in our relationship with him. We can make efforts to obey him, deepening this relationship daily. Today, friends, if this is you, respectfully, I'm challenging you. Take a bold step of courage and openly confess this saving salvation prayer after me. Father God, I'm repenting of sin, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking. Jesus, come into my heart. Take up permanent residency. I confess your shed blood washed away my previous, current, and future sins at the cross upon Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were saved and born again spiritually according to the word of God. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you through the person of the Holy Spirit. And then consider growing by joining a good Bible-based church, surrounding yourself with other like-minded believers who are going to help to edify and build up your newfound faith. Now, allow me to be the first person to congratulate you on making the most important decision of your lifetime. Congratulations, and God bless you. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special children's podcast airs on Wednesdays, so tune in along with your kiddos for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, spiritual warfare, Jesus's parables, Jesus's miracles, how to be joyful, what the harmonization of the gospels looks like, what love in action is, biblical trust, and so many more topics. I'm inviting you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark together on an adventure of exploration of life and all things Jesus together. So please consider joining me. And if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe so you're going to get the latest releases as they become available. And friends, occasionally I reference my book under the same title, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you find 
the content to be inspiring or compelling, feel free to pick up a copy from my website at pampastorcopywriting.com or at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. Or importantly, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me. I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It's full of God's word waiting for you to do a rigorous deep dive. Until next time, remember you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. And the Apostle John gives us this blessing as the very last sentence or statement in the book of Revelation, which is the 66th book of the Bible. And it comes out of Revelation chapter 22, verse 21. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. And friends, he says the grace because grace is the new covenant that Jesus Christ came to give us in the New Testament. So until next time, friends, God bless you.